Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Today, we're going to continue our series that we started a few weeks back. And we're in a campaign that we're calling Rebuilding Our Lives. And we're talking about four things that we need to rebuild. We said that after a year like 2020, we can't go back to normal. After so much loss, after so much change, we can't go back to normal, but we can rebuild. And this campaign that we're in, uh, we're going to talk about four short series. The first, we've talked about rebuilding the altars. We talked about those times with God, those encounters with God. Last week, we talked about rebuilding the temple, God's priorities, making God first. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have loved ones that you want to see come to Jesus? How many of you guys have friends, neighbors, uh, co-workers that you know just need Jesus? How many of you guys want to see your kids not make bad choices, but make choices that are guided by the Holy Spirit? How many of you guys want to walk into church and know that the glory of God falls in this place? Let me tell you, that's what I want. And that's what we ought to want. But that won't happen until we make God our priority and we seek his presence. And that's what this series is about. Amen. I want to start with a little bit of humor and then we'll jump right into the message. Is that all right? During this campaign, I'm giving you some of my favorite old jokes. And if you're saying, why is the pastor telling a joke? Because healthy families laugh. Okay. Laughter is good. And I said I wasn't going to say this, but here's why I started telling a joke before the sermon. Because it helps me as a speaker to hear you laugh. It puts your guards down and it makes it easier for me to share with you. Is that all right? So here's another of my favorite ones. It says that a pastor, a pastor went to go visit an old lady from his congregation who hadn't been to church for a while. So he went to visit her and he walked into her living room. And as they were talking, he noticed a bowl of peanuts in the, din- in the table in the middle. He asked her if he could help himself to a couple of peanuts. And she said, sure, pastor, go ahead. Well, they talked for a while and it was it, the, t- the 30 minutes turned into an hour and then two hours. And when he less knew it, he had been talking to her for three hours. When he reached out, there was no more peanuts. He had finished the whole bowl. He looked at her and he said, oh, I am so sorry. I finished your whole bowl of peanuts. How selfish of me. She looks at him and he says, oh, pastor, don't worry. Ever since I lost my teeth, all I could do is suck the chocolate out of the (laughs) M&M's. You'll laugh and you'll be disgusted at the same time. So you know why I don't eat peanuts. Amen. Let's pray. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your presence. It is in this place. Lord, you are here. 
And I pray that every heart that is in this place, those that are watching us online, I pray that whatever they may be going through, that they may know that you are there and that your presence can be evident, Lord. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding as we go into your word. And most importantly, help us to be transformed and apply what we're going to learn today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen and amen. We've been talking a whole lot about rebuilding. And we're going to continue to talk about rebuilding. But as we do that today, I want to answer a very important question. Where do we get the strength to rebuild? Where do we get the motivation? Where do we get the courage? Where do we get the urgency to say, okay, let's rebuild? You, we've all surely seen those images where a family loses their house to the fire. And after the fire has been put away, they go through the rubble trying to save whatever memories, whatever pictures, whatever items they can. You've surely seen how houses can be destroyed by hurricanes and families returning to the mess and how their heart just melts of sadness, how broken their heart is. And in great moments of tragedy, in great moments of loss, one of the things that is hard to find is the strength and the motivation to rebuild. To say, I'm not going to stay in the rubble. I'm not going to stay in this situation. I'm not going to stay in this horrible place. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep going. I believe 2020 took so much from us. Some, for some of you, it took loved ones. For others, it took your job, your, your dream job. For others, it took opportunities that you won't get back again to be able to graduate, to be able to experience your first year of college, to be able to have that ideal wedding that you had been planning for so long. And you may say, I really don't feel like trying again. I find that many people got disconnected from God and they can't seem to find the strength to rebuild and try again. And this definitely was the situation with the people of God. After they returned to Jerusalem after 70 years of exile, God asked them to rebuild certain things, and we've been looking at that. But today we're going to find that he gives them the key to the strength to rebuild. Look at what it says in your bulletin. There's an outline. If you would pull that out, you can follow along with me. And look at what Haggai, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 13 says. Look at what he says. If you don't know who Haggai is, I want to invite you to go to our website, go to one of our channels and listen to last week's message. We introduced him last week. But look at what verse 13 of chapter 1 says. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, Gave the people this message from God. So this is a message that came from God. And here's what he said. I am what? With you. Says what? The Lord. Now, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks past, I spoke to you about the three types of lords. Or at least the way Lord is, is spelled out. Notice that Lord is all capital. So it's talking about God. 
And let me tell you what God is saying. God is saying the strength to rebuild, the strength to try again, the strength to get up and get going is found in my presence. Now, we got to admit something. Sometimes it's easy to read those verses and just kind of surpass them, just kind of take them for granted because we talk so much about God's presence. On a typical Sunday, on a typical gathering with other Christians, you'll definitely hear at least once if not twice God's presence be acknowledged. But here's what I find. I find that there, there, there can be things that we can talk about and seem familiar with that we don't truly understand. For example, everybody uses the internet. But if you had to explain the internet to somebody how it works, many of us wouldn't be able to. All we know is that we can pull out our phone and surf the internet. Why surf it? Why not ride it? Why not climb it? Why not search it? And when it comes to the presence of God, it's something that we think we know, but I find that many people actually do not. So today, I want to talk to you and I want to help you expand your understanding of God's presence. Because here's the thing, I don't know if you knew this or not, but God's presence can be experienced in three different ways. You're like, what? I thought it was just one thing. Well, I want us to understand the magnitude of what God says. Hey, you can rebuild because I am with you. You don't have to stay amargado and bitter because I am with you. You don't have to stay depressed because I am with you. You don't have to stay broke because I am with you. You don't have to stay lonely because I am with you. And sometimes we don't understand that. So let me, let me help you expand your knowledge of the presence of God and share with you three ways in which we can experience the presence of God. Are you ready? Yeah. Number one, you're going to learn a lot today. Is that all right? Yeah. Number one, here's the first way we can experience the presence of God. The first way we experience is the omnipresence of God. What does omnipresence mean? That's just a really fancy word for saying that God is what? Everywhere. There isn't a place where God is not. That's what makes God God. That he is everywhere. You know when you're driving like a nut in the freeway? God's there. You know when you're sitting in your swaggedest house with a sour face? He's there. You know when, when, when you're at the mall and the nice girls are passing by and he's there? God is everywhere. There isn't a place where God is not. Look at what Psalms 139 verse 7 says. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? You know what I find? I find that many Christians make the devil omnipresent and somehow God absent. Something bad happens and, oh, it's the devil. Something doesn't go our way and, oh, the devil's trying to get me. But then we feel scared and like, God, are you with me? Let me tell you, we got to flip those ropes. Because Satan is not omnipresent. But God is. God's presence is always with us. God is everywhere. God is in creation. The Bible says that through what he created, we can see God. Because God 
is omnipresent. But the second way that you can experience God, and each way gets a little bit more intimate, more personal, more powerful. The second way that we experience God is the inner presence of God. It's the inner presence, the omnipresence, and then the inner presence. And the inner presence speaks about the Holy Spirit living in us. The Holy Spirit, God's presence, comes to live in us. We saw last week that the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of what? At salvation, when you place your faith in Jesus, he deposits his spirit in you. And if you are a Christian, God's presence is not just around you, but he's in you. Okay? John 14, 17, look at what it says. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. Let me tell you something. If you have not placed your faith in Jesus, you do not have the inner presence. But you can change that today. That's the wonderful news. That that can change today. And I'll tell you more about it. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. They call it karma. They call it coincidence. They call it good luck. We call it the presence of God. But you know him. Because he lives with you now and later what? Will be in you. So the omnipresence of God and the inner presence of God dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit. But there's a third one. There's a third way to uh, experience the presence of God. And here's where we're going to focus today. There is the manifested presence of God. The manifested presence of God. The manifested presence of God is when God makes himself known. The manifested presence of God is when God's presence becomes visible in one way or another. We read Psalms 139, right? We read it that it says, where can we go from your presence? Where could we flee that you're not there? And the answer is nowhere. Right? But in Genesis, look at what Genesis 3.8 says. In Genesis, it tells us that Adam and Eve hid from the Lord's presence. Wait a minute. If God is everywhere, how can they hide from his presence? Let's read Genesis 3.8. Look at what he says. When the cool evening breeze were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden... So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. It's not talking about the manifested. It's not talking about the omnipresence of God. It's talking about the manifested presence of God. Let me help you understand the manifested presence of God. Think about this cologne. And somebody told me it's a fancy one. They, they give me colognes, you know. So that's one of the ways God blesses me. But I can have this cologne. In fact, I've had this cologne with me since I got to church. Before I left to church. And you probably didn't know till I showed it to you. I've had it in my pocket. And I can have it in my pocket. And go about and have this cologne with me. That is the omnipresence of God. But the omnipresence of God means revealed or uncapped. Now, check this out. If I were to uncap it and spray it, that would be manifested. See, I have the cologne, but it isn't until I do this 
that then you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Some of you in the front, you're even going to get that smell and say, wait, wait, something in the environment just changed because the cologne got manifested. Well, the presence of God, the omnipresence of God manifests at certain times. And it changes. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We need God's manifested presence. Because when his manifested presence comes, he changes the environment. He changes us. He changes the situation. He changes what is going on. God cannot show up somewhere and that place or individual remain the same. You cannot. Which, by the way, Ladies, it reminds me, Valentine's Day, here's a good idea as a gift. We like to receive gifts too. It's not just about you. Get us a cologne. And don't get us Adidas. Don't get us Nike. Get, get colognes that you can't pronounce. The, 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 the harder it is to pronounce, the better it is. Okay? Don't get us Avon. Don't get us... Martha Stewart, no, no, get Jimmy Choo and uh, Chanel. And uh, the, the harder the name, the more we'll like it, okay? Just, I, I, the Holy Spirit put that in my heart for you ladies, okay? Thank you, guys, thank you. The only one not clapping is Manolo, it's all right. <laughs> I love you, Manolo. Exodus 33, 14 and 15. Look, 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 at what, look at what's going on here. This is God in Moses. It says, the Lord replied, and he's talking to Moses, my what? Presence. What presence? The omnipresence? No, the manifested presence. Look at this. My presence would go with you. If God was talking about the omnipresence, he wouldn't have to say it will go with you. Because his presence is everywhere. He says, my presence will go with you and I will what? Give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Listen to me, church. Here's what's going on. The people of God are en route to the promised land. And God tells Moses, I'm not going to go with you. Because if I go with you, these people are too stubborn, they're too hard-headed, and I'm going to end up destroying them. So instead, I'm going to send an angel with you to take you to the promised land that I promised to you. And Moses says, hey, God, if you don't come with us, we don't want the promised land. Check that out. Let, let me translate that for us. Here's what Moses was saying. That high-paying dream job, I don't want it if it doesn't glorify you that boyfriend girlfriend that I that I want and I've been asking you I don't want it if it's going to draw me away from you that nice fancy luxurious car that I want to drive I don't want it if it's going to make my heart colder towards you that's what the manifested presence of God does now you got to know something we got to know something especially as Pentecostals okay we cannot manipulate the manifested presence of God. We don't have that kind of power. 
You cannot force God to manifest himself. God is always sovereign and he is not under anybody. So there is nothing, there is no formula, there is no uh, uh, prayer, there is no thing that you can do that is going to force God to manifest his presence. We got to know that. But, But there are things that you can do that welcome the manifested presence of God, that make it easier for God to manifest. Can I tell you three of them? Three of them? Because I don't know about you, but I want God's manifested presence in our services. I want God's manifested presence in my house. I want God's manifested presence in my life. So let let me give you three quick ones that welcome, that welcome. It doesn't mean God is obligated to, but they welcome God's manifested presence. You ready? Here's the first one. You might want to write these down somewhere. The number, the, the first one is holiness. When we live a life of holiness... We draw God to us. A holy life welcomes a holy God. Can God manifest where there's sin? If he chooses to. But our God is a holy God. Some of you are saying, you know, I haven't felt God in my heart in so long. Well, here's the first question you got to ask. Are you living in sin? Are you, I'm not saying Do you sin? We all sin. I sin. But there's a difference between sinning and living and practicing sin. Okay? There's a difference. So the first thing that welcomes the presence of God is holiness. Here's the second one. Okay? And I'm going to need some help from the worship team. You ready? The second thing that welcomes the presence of God is passionate worship. Passionate worship. Oh, pastor, but we don't want to be emotional. Question, question, why not? You think there's ever a time when God says, no, 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 no. Come down, come down. I don't want you to make a big deal out of me. I don't don't want you to celebrate me too hard. I don't want you to, to make a big deal out of me. No, God wants to be made a big deal out of. By the way, when we talk about passionate, you may say, well, I don't want to be emotional. What's the difference between being emotional and passionate? Here's the difference. Reason. If you get bent out of shape because you bought a lotto ticket and you didn't win it, let me tell you, you're being emotional. Because it's not reasonable that you would think you would win the lottery just because you played it once. But when you, when you say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that God is going to speak to me and touch me and heal me and change me, that is not unreasonable because it's based on God's promises and God's characters. And by the way, who gave us our emotions? Satan? You think Satan was in the Garden of Eden and said, "Mm, how can I make these people miserable? Oh, I know. I'll give them joy and laughter and I'll give them a good time. No. God gave us joy. He gave. And and here's the thing, okay? Because I know some people say, no, it's because when we come, we got to be reverent. and, And, you know, I'm just not like that. But I've seen some of you. Outside of church, you get in a little merengue and suddenly your bottom starts. The same people that, no, we got to be reverent. I'm I'm just an introvert. Outside, they play mariachi. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. 
Why does passionate worship welcome the presence of God? Here's why. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, some of you, you listen to rap and what you welcome is anger. And you start bobbing your head. And when you let us know it, you're honking at people. Because your passionate worship is inviting certain emotions, certain environments. Some of you, you start listening to romantic music. And suddenly you get all depressed because he, he broke your heart. And he didn't pay attention to you. And now you don't even want to eat. Why? Because you're worshiping something that is inviting an environment. Let me tell you. When you sing, may your, may your generations be blessed. We have a good father. You welcome God. And when we let know it, God says, oh, man, they're calling me right there. I want to go show up. So, so, so I get it. I get it. We're not all, we're not all crazy. I'm not a dancer. I don't dance. In parties, I don't dance because I, 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 I feel foolish. Okay. Not everybody here is Monroe. We get that. Okay? But that doesn't mean that you can be passionate. I get it. For some of you, you have health issues, but you could tap your food a little bit more. You could tap your foot. You could open your mouth. You know? Passionate. The passionate worship welcomes God to inhabit our praises. Here's the third one. Amen? That was good, right? That was good. Here's the third one. Here's the third one. The third thing that invites the manifested presence of God is intimate, private moments with God. Let me tell you. Do you know why some of you say, I haven't experienced, I haven't felt God in a long time? Can I tell you why? Here's why. Here's why. Because there's no room for God in your life. But when we make time to be in his word, when we make time to be in prayer, when we make time to just meditate and think about him, let me tell you, God will show up. And here's what you got to know. God doesn't only manifest in our gatherings. He can manifest in your living room. He can manifest in your bedroom. He can manifest in your car. He can manifest in your work. God's manifested presence is not limited to the church. Okay? Which, by the way, when we talk about the church, you are the church. This is the temple. You're the church. So if God manifests in the church, that means God can manifest anywhere you go. Because this is the temple. You and I, we are the church. So question, question for you. Why should we seek the manifested presence of God? Why not settle for the omnipresence and the inner presence of God? Why not? Why go after the manifested presence of God? Here's why. Because his manifested presence means that great things will happen in, our, in your life. The manifested presence of God means that wonderful things will happen in our lives. The manifested presence of God means that the supernatural can become part of my life. And I want that. Do you want that? Would you tell somebody, tell somebody, I want God's manifested presence. Come on, tell somebody, encourage somebody, and say it with passion. Tell them, I want God's manifested presence, his omnipresence, his inner presence, and his manifested presence. Let me give you three things 
three wonderful things that will happen when God's presence is manifested. Are you ready? And we're going to look at the book of Haggai. I got a couple of minutes, so you got to hurry up and listen, okay? Number one, God's manifested presence, here's the first thing that it'll produce. It'll produce a spiritual awakening. It'll produce a spiritual awakening. When God manifests, let me tell you, Bones come to life and dead people come back to life. Our spirit is awakened. Look at what Haggai chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 says. Look at this. So the Lord, look at this, sparked the what? The enthusiasm. That is another word for spirit. Of Zerubbabel, son of Sheltield. And by the end of this series, you got to be able to pronounce those names, okay? Governor of Judah. And the enthusiasm of who? Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. So there's two. The governor and the high priest. But it doesn't stop there. Look at at the next part. And the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. They began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of heaven's armies. To accomplish anything in life. You need three things. You need to know what to do, how to do it, but you also need to have the want to do it. And that's where we struggle, don't we? I mean, we want to be healthy. We know how to be healthy, but what is it that we lack? The will to turn the brownie down and pick up the broccoli. That's what we lack. We want to be healthy, right? We know, we know, we know how, we know we want to be healthy. We know what we want to do. We know how to do it. But what do we lack? The will to turn off the novella and go walk around the block a couple of times. Our biggest problem, our biggest problem is not knowledge. Our biggest problem is not instruction. Our biggest problem is that our spirit, our enthusiasm is dead. And the manifested presence of God will come and bring spiritual awakening. Suddenly, suddenly when your wife begins to to not be so nice to you, if the manifested presence has awoken your spirit, instead of fighting back with her, you'll go and hug her and love her. Suddenly, when, when, there's, when there's spiritual awakening and your kid is acting up, you know how they turn into little monsters sometimes? Not, not, not all the time, sometimes. Not, if you're a teenager, this doesn't apply to you, okay? We're talking about the ones that didn't come today, okay? Not, not, not those of you. And they're acting up, and what you want to be is like you want to be that, you know, the Mexican wants to come out of you and get the, the flying chancla. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, instead of arguing with them, prophesy over them. And tell them, mijo, I know that God is going to do great things with you. That's the spiritual awakening that God does. And see, where we lack most is in the want. I mean, you know you need to come to church faithfully. You know you need to spend time with God. But where is it that you struggle? In the enthusiasm, in the strength, in the determination to say, I'm going to do that. Look at what Philippians 2.13 says. For God is what? Working where? Okay, we want God to work on other people, but God wants to work in us. If we only pray for ourselves as much as we prayed for others, 
I think the world would be a little bit better. Lord, change my kids. Lord, change my husband. What about Lord, change me? Make me a better mom. Make me a better wife. Make me a better friend. Make me a better sister. For God is working in you. Look at this. This is so awesome. Giving you what? The desire and the power to do what what? What pleases him. See, in God's manifested presence, something happens to us. Our spirit is awakened. We're, we're in vigor. Suddenly, suddenly those things we fear, they turn into courage because we know that God is with us. And that, that is what Deuteronomy 31 says. Look at what it says. It says, be strong and what? By the way, by the way, I feel that somebody today, you came just to hear this verse. Look at what it says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Here's why. Here's why. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Number two. His manifested presence will produce a fresh motivation to work. A fresh motivation to work. And you can supplement work with to do good. His manifested presence will produce a fresh motivation to do good. Here's what Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 says. You ready? Let's read it. Look at what it says. Then on October 17 of that same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Here's what he wants him to tell. Here's what he wants Haggai to tell them. Does anyone remember this house, this temple? Here's the key. In its former splendor. In other words, he says, do you guys remember the old temple? We'll talk about that right now. How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And here's why. And get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's army. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. Here's what you got to know. As the people of God, because last week we talked that God had to kind of scold them a little bit to say, hey, you got to rebuild the temple. Your houses are nicely built, but my temple is forsaken. As they got to rebuilding the temple, they got discouraged. Here's what you got to know. You can't do anything good and not have to battle with discouragement. Discouragement takes too many people out from good missions. And as the people were building the temple, they began to notice that the temple that they were building looked nothing like the old temple. Because this is the second temple. The temple that had been destroyed was the temple that Solomon had built. And that temple was glorious, was majestic, was beautiful, was enormous, was a splendorous thing. But the temple that they were now building was not. And as they began to see their work, they began to get discouraged and say, why are we even doing this? It's nothing like it used to be. And see, some of you, you're saying, I'm doing so much and not getting the results I want. And I want to tell you, 
God is with you. God is with you. And that was the answer that he gave them. Look at what he says in verse, in verse, uh, uh, verse four. He says, but now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua, the high priest, be strong, all you people left in the land, and get to work. In other words, don't stop doing the work. Don't stop doing the good things you're doing. And here's why, for I am with you. And then in verse 5, he says, my spirit remains among you. Here's what you got to know. Here's what you got to know. A lot of people think that they have to do good things to get God's favor. It's the other way around. When God is with you, you'll have favor to do the good things that you need to do. Some people try to win God's favor by doing good things. That's not the way it works. When God's presence comes upon you, God's favor is on you to do the good things. Some of you, your marriage, don't give up because God is with you. You, you, some of you, you're pursuing your career, don't give up because God is with you. Some of you, you're pursuing emotional health, relational health, don't give up because God is with you. It may not look like you think it should look. It may not be the way you want it to be, but here's what you got to know. God is with you, and the presence of God will renew you to give you the motivation, a fresh motivation to keep going. Can I tell you something I think you already know? Almost every Monday, I want to quit. Almost every Monday. But you know what keeps me in the game? His presence. His presence. Because I enjoy his presence now. And I know that one day I will stand literally in front of him. And here's what I want to hear. I want to hear, well done, Esther. Welcome home. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear Jesus asking me, so you think it was okay to give up? I don't. I want to hear, welcome home. Well done. The only way you'll stay with fresh motivation is with God's manifested presence in your life. Amen? Because his presence makes it. Remember, remember the story of Peter? Remember after Jesus, uh, that Peter got so discouraged with Jesus that he went back fishing? And they had been fishing all night and they caught nothing. And then Jesus appears to him early in the morning, right? He appears to him and they thought he was a ghost, right? And Jesus says, hey, throw the net on the other side. And Peter says, hey, we're the professional ones here, Jesus. You're the carpenter. We're the ones that have been doing this. We know what we're doing. He didn't say that, but I think he said that. He thought, yeah, at least he thought it because... Peter was like you and me, you know, you, Jesus tells you to do something, but I need those hundred dollars, Lord, you know, but he does it. He does it. And the Bible tells us that when Peter threw the, the net on the other side, there were so many fish that the nets almost broke. Here's what you got to know. It was the same net. It was the same ocean. It was the same boat. It was the same people, but it was a different result. What was different? Jesus was there. The presence of God was there. Amen? Here's the third one. Here's the third one. His manifested presence produces hope for a better future. Produces hope for a better future. And we all need hope. All you got to do is listen to the news to get discouraged and hopeless. 
All you got to do is listen to secular music to get discouraged and hopeless. The enemy is constantly whispering, oh, it's not going to work out. You're not going to make it. It's not going to come true. He's always whispering negativity to us. But the presence of God comes to give us new hope for a better future. Our church is not like it was in 2019 right now. But you know what I believe? That in the coming years, it will be better than it was in 2019. Here's why. Because we're seeking his presence. Look at what Haggai chapter 2 verses 6 through 9 says. This is so awesome. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the ocean, and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought, what? To the, now, you got to remember that he's talking to them because they're looking at a temple that doesn't look like the old temple. And he says, I'm going to bring all the wealth of the world to this temple. He says, I will fill this place with what? With glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's army. The future glory, this is so awesome. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's army. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have what? Spoken. Here's what God, God shows up and he gives them hope for a better future he says hey the temple doesn't look like what it used to be he says but i'm gonna do something so wonderful that what is ahead is better than what was behind and let me tell you that god's best promises for you are not behind you but they're ahead of you and we forget those because we forsake god's manifested presence in god's presence is where you find the strength to keep going let me hurry up and look at what Psalm 1611 says. You will what? Show me the path of life. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You want, you want to live a life worth living? You got to spend time in the presence of God. Because in the presence of God is where God will show you the path of life. Some of you, we're in sin and, and we don't even feel guilty because we're not in the presence of God. But when we come to the presence of God, God highlights our sin not to condemn us, but to convict us and to get us to accept his forgiveness and receive his change. And listen, when you, when you do life God's way and the way you get God's instructions is by being in his presence through his word, through worship, through meditation, through through. Uh, fellowship when you spend time in his presence you will find joy and you will find many pleasures and your hope for the future will be better let me end with this do you want do you want these things in your life do you want a spiritual awakening do you need a fresh motivation to keep doing good do you need hope for the future let me tell you that you don't need a good quote on Facebook. Let me tell you that you don't need a good pep talk from a friend. Let me tell you that you don't need to find the right book. That you don't need to go get your hand read. That what you need is the manifested presence of God in your life. Because that is the only place where you'll find these things. 
Church, at the end of this series, which there's two more weeks, next Sunday and the following Sunday, after the end of the fourth week, we're going to have a revival weekend. For three days, we're going to seek the presence of God. Listen to me. We're not going to be here all day, okay? We don't want you to think, oh, I got to go since Friday and I don't get to leave till Sunday. No. It's Friday night at 7 p.m. And then we're going to have some fellowship after. And then Saturday, we want to meet again at 6 p.m. And then on Sunday for our regular service. And if you're saying, Pastor, why three days in a row? Let me tell you something. There's something wonderful that happens when we continually seek the Lord. And we're going to be building on each day. If you're saying, well, I'm just going to go once. You'll be blessed. But you won't receive all that God has. Because we're, the way we're asking God to, to move and to work and we're seeking is that there is, there is a program. We're going to be talking about a living sacrifice. We want to tell you, what, what is a sacrifice? What does it mean to be a sacrifice? Second, what, how does the anointing play into being a living sacrifice? And then on Sunday, check this out. On Sunday, we are told in the Bible not to be not to be drunk with wine but instead to be filled with the Holy Spirit many of us in here know that when you get alcohol in your system it affects the way you behave it affects how you see it affects how you act let me tell you when you get the Holy Spirit inside of you it also does the same thing but in a good way you won't send text messages you regret when the Holy Spirit gets inside of you you won't look at your bank statement and say, oh, what was I doing last night? I spent more than I should. That's why we're asking you, get ready for this weekend. Pastor, how do we get ready? Couple of ways, couple of ways. I'm almost done. Couple of ways. Number one, if you haven't picked the day to fast, pick one. How many of you guys fasted this week? How many of you guys? Awesome. I believe that more of you are going to fast this coming week. If you did not pick a day, pick a day. Put it in your calendar. Set a reminder. Tuesday, 6 a.m., let your alarm sound. Why is my alarm sounding? Oh, that's right. I'm fasting today. Some of you, you need an accountability buddy. Find somebody in church and say, hey, what's your day of fasting? Because I'm going to call you on that day. And my day of fasting is this day. And you're going to call me this day. I told my wife, my day of fasting is Friday and Sundays. So she's going to hold me accountable. Her day of fasting is Monday. So tomorrow, we're all going to breakfast and just staying home to pray. So you prepare, number one, by fasting. Number two, number two, the next two Sundays, come be here. We're working our way into learning more about the presence of God. I believe that these messages are going to help you. Our worship team is doing an amazing job. They're going to, they're, they're preparing as well. So come on Sundays. And third, here's the third one. Pray. Pray for that weekend. Let me tell you something. When we think about revival, here's our question. Is God going to show up? Let me put it to you another way. In case you're saying, well, what if it's just another service? Let me put it to you this way. It's almost like saying, does God want revival? Of course he does. And revival, it's not so much does God want it. It's not like God is in heaven asleep and somehow for three days we're going to get together and scream as loud as we can to wake him up. He's not asleep. He's not too busy for us. 
revival depends on us. The Bible says if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It is on us to get ready to seek and to hunger God because if we're thirsty and we're hungry, he will give us of the living bread and the living water, which is his presence. So get ready. Get ready. Fast. Help us pray. Help us pray. And if you have not blocked out those three days, block them out in your calendar and say, that weekend, it's all about God. I believe that God's presence is going to show up and show down in our lives. Amen? How many of you guys believe that? Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.